What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Recorded live. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. How's everybody doing today? We thank God for another day to share his word with you. And today's subject is, I need help. And have you ever been in that spot that you needed help and there was none to be found wherever you looked? And you know Jesus. You're born again, filled with his spirit. And you go to church. And there's no help. And somebody was talking to me today, in fact, and some things uh, got settled in their life about situations that they had encountered. And I thought, there's a lot of other people running through the same thing. Because I remember years ago, one of my aunties, she had gotten gotten out of the hospital. And she got knocked on the door. And um, people from a church she was a member at came by to pick up her offerings. And I told them they will be you know, picking up here today. It was on her church. I said, well, you know, she just got out of the hospital. And nobody passed it, because nobody showed up, no member showed up at the church to see her. Only thing they were looking for was a handout. So they got turned away. And um, she started going to church with me. And uh, back then, I didn't really pay that much attention where people went to church. If, you you know, you wanted to be somebody with the Spirit of God, well, you know, hopefully that's what was the case. But this, and my aunt, she wasn't in that thing. And so she started going to church with me. And today, this person was talking about the same type situation. You may be a person who is retired and um, a widow, a widower, and you go to church and um, you can't get out. You know, you may not drive anymore. You can't get, nobody comes by to visit you except when they want to pick up their money. That is just ungodly. That is ungodly. Jesus is not into that mess. And I'm going to go over here into the book of Acts and see for some churches, 
they have deacons and other churches don't. But I'm going to read where the ministry of the deacons come from. And I, I want to know if uh, where you go to church, they run like this. And honestly, no, because simple fact, you wouldn't be in that predicament if your church was running according to Scripture. And so many times we, we, we talk here a lot about do you have Scripture to back up what you believe and what you do. And far too many times people do not. And here, here is the situation in the, in the book of Acts. Church just gets started, and they run into this problem. It still goes on today. And people want to know why there's not more evidence of Jesus in people's lives, in communities, in a lot of places. The church is the last place somebody would go for help. What? Oh, yeah. They got, they got more sense than go to a, the average church for help. And somebody might say, uh, what? Uh, why? Because they know they ain't going to get no help. Chapter 6 says, In those days when the number of disciples were multiplied, there rose a murmur of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were not, they were neglected in the daily administration. But they, they were taking care of widows. So does your church take care of widows daily? Not um, this. We we've talked about this, and um, you can go back and check out our archives. Um, uh, Mother and Father Day, you know things that a lot of churches do. It's more or less a con job, you know. You know, make sure you bring your mom. You know, what about mom all all year long? But you don't you don't have to come out Mother's Day. Mom, don't let people play you. God put more worth in you just than just one day. Then the twelve called the multitude of disciples and said that it is not reading that we should leave the word of God to serve tables. Wherefore, brothers, look among you seven men, honest to report, full of Holy Ghost and wisdom, who we may appoint over this business. That's the qualifications of deacons. This is where the deacon ministry came out of here. Word. Not where people have manipulated it. Said um they they chose seven, but this is this is the qualification. They got to have an, an honest report in church and well as out. Full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. Not reputation and money. A lot of places, a deacon, he's got that position because he's maybe the officer in the back and he's holding a loan on the church. Just about honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. A lot of pastors don't even qualify for that. And you sit listening to him. Hello? See? Folks, you got to qualify who you listen to. You just listen to anybody. 
I'm thanking God when I when I got saved. Because, you know, being a kid around church a lot, but I had no respect for preachers until I got saved and ran into some ones that were about business. They wasn't conning. They didn't always hand their hand out. They wasn't looking for a pastor's discount. They wasn't trying to sleep with somebody's wife that wasn't their own, a husband that wasn't their own. They, like I said, oh, that's in the Bible too. You know, Hophius and Phineas, you know, Eli's boys, they sleep with women that come to church, you know, and, they, and their relatives are still around. You know, that stuff goes on too. In church? Oh, yeah, in church. See, a lot of things you may have to check out why things are messed up in your church. Or God may be telling you to get out. I remember a couple of years ago, a uh, young man came to me, said um, a deacon, he was 80 years old, and he, and he passed and went to be with the Lord, and they refused to bring his body into the church that he's been a deacon for, say, like 50 years. What kind of nonsense is that? I said, well, that's a church like the scribes and Pharisees Jesus was dealing with. Because so it's a command to get widows, orphans, and the poor. And does your church do that? Does your church do that? See, that's, that's the issue, why you may not be getting any help. God is trying to say, well, that's my pastor, that's my church. I'm always going here, my relatives going here, and he ain't got nothing. See, a, a dead horse won't take you anywhere, and dead church won't take you anywhere. Dead pastor, dead deacon, dead congregation won't take you anywhere. Dead, what is it? Honest report. I remember, well, this is about 10 years ago, a deacon came to me, a church I had spoken in, and, uh, you know, the church, they had the family involved in the church heavily, and uh, the sister was in the financial office. It ended up embezzling money from the church. Quiet, put away. Never got dealt with. But, you know, the devil pays well. She, she's no longer around. You, you don't touch God's glory or his money because you have no protection. You, you have no protection. The same thing, I've, I've spoken in churches that, you know, the pastor... He's a crook. He didn't steal any offering and stuff. And the church don't exist. Because, you know, kids, oh man, you know, they, they stole your offering. They stole God's offering. They ain't going to get far. 
where you go to help somebody and you know they they just they just want to mess you over. See that's folks, that's what goes behind the curtain. You like on the Wizard of Oz, you know, hey man, you know what's going on behind the curtain. Hey, I should pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Well, you better t- pay attention behind the, what's going on behind the curtain because you're going to be ended up on the short end of the stick and wondering, wondering why there's no help for you. And then, like, there's different letters we get in where, you know, people have been in church for years and, and tied faithfully, and when they need help, can't get none. Or they got to jump through a bunch of hoops and ladders see if you qualify. But see, they, you know, they didn't, they had no problem qualifying when they were putting the money in the offering plate. You know, hey, that's why you're not getting any help. You you in the wrong place to get any help. You you sold seed in, on stone, and you got no soil. Ain't good soil. This ministry is good soil. You know, you hear stories of, you know, like groups of pastors running around. They, you know, they don't let anybody hang around with them because what, you, you got to sleep with somebody in your congregation where you be able to Why? Because they want something on you. All the... Folks, man, God is serious about about how much he loves the world, how much he loves you. There's no time to be playing games with God and his word and his people. If you in the ministry and you do that kind of stuff, better repent, better get out of it. Change. Man, if you, can't, if you can't be a straight pastor, be a straight bricklayer. Get out of the ministry. Don't end up like Judas. We're reading in um, our uh, New Testament reading. Every January, we go through and read the New Testament from Matthew. Actually, it's from Acts to Revelation, but we throw in the Gospels there too. In a month, out loud. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. It's a discipline. It'll do you good. It's a, oh man, that's a lot to read. Well, how much newspaper do you read? How much? How many books do you read that has nothing to do with building you up spiritually? What What are your priorities? Is God first in your life? That's That's why we do it. God's first in our life. And see, God, He never disappoints. All that kind of stuff is going to disappoint you. I mean, this today I've heard people they crying about football now. You know who didn't who ain't going to the Super Bowl? Well, I ain't telling guys they ain't already got schedule made up for next year. You know, all they know somebody somebody's gonna play Super. Bowl. They got schedule already made up for next year. And they will make profit off of you. You know, people, I mean, they'll be in the stands, hooping and hollering, falling out, but they can't understand why people hooping and hollering in church. 
them because Jesus has done for you far more than any football, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, racing, skiing, hockey, tennis, fishing, hunting, skydiving, whatever, whatever you into. He's he's done more. He deserves all the praise and all the glory. And so you look at your life. That's why, like, at the end of the year, you know, everybody says, you know, and you celebrate at the end of the year what God has accomplished in your life and the lives of your, your family, friends, and, and everybody else that was saved and who left here in 2014, who knew Jesus, and you're, you're sorry that they're gone, but you're happy that they left. Why? Because they're going on to their reward. And you will take what they have put in your life to help somebody else. I remember when sister such and such did this. I remember when brother, brother such and such, such said this. It, it is a sad case when you run into a funeral, and uh, I don't like doing funerals like that. I'll do them because, you know, the opportunity to share the word. But you do have to do a funeral, and there's no testimony anybody can tell you about the person other than they were, they were born on such a day, they died on such a day, they went to this school, they married this person, they had these kids, they had these grandchildren. See, sinner, yeah, sinner that's, you know, any sinner has that. But what did you do with God? How did God use you to bless somebody else? How did how did you ever lead somebody to Jesus? Well, you know, there's one thing. Uh, when I first got saved, that was that was the the icing on the cake that you had the privilege of leading somebody to Jesus. See them being baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's like. How many people listen? You have never led somebody to the Lord, and see this. Then, then this then, uh, get into another con. I remember years ago, a lady said she was dealing with a bunch of teenagers and trying to get them to come to church, you know, so they could get saved. I said, "Why do you lead them to the Lord yourself? You had to bring them to church." He said, "Go in the world, preach the gospel, and they believe shall be saved." But, see, how she's been taught, well, you get people and you get them to come to church and pray them and get them saved, right? I said, because it's, I said, this is, this is the thing. The devil, he's going to do all he can to keep them from coming to church. And if you've got it in your mind, you're not going to think, you're no threat. Sharing the word, great. But you don't, you know, it's like, like go back to football, you running, you take the ball in the other end zone and you run all the way and you get to the one yard line and fumble the ball. So yeah, you, you took the ball all the way down the field but you didn't score. Great run, but you didn't score. Good run, you didn't score. Right run is that you score. Right run is that you lead somebody to G. See, because with the devil, he's gonna do what he can, that person left to take him out to make sure they don't have the opportunity 
to make Jesus the Lord of their life. They like said Jesus on the cross. He didn't say, "Well, too bad you didn't get to go to church." No, you, we'll take care of that right now. He, he didn't. Jesus, when the man born blind, who who should I believe? It's him that talks to you and, and worship Jesus. He, he said, well, "Well, let me take you to the synagogue. Let me take you to the temple." No, we're gonna get this done right here, right here. Where was that? Pray for people in stores. I pray for people on phones, cars. We take care of it right now. Not not something later, right now. See, because for those people, you may not see them again, and the devil may have a chance to take them out. You take care of it right now. Today is the day of salvation. That's like every day when we... In the program, we give people the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of their life. Because the word is going forth. I'm looking for signs following. Amen? And then God don't want your life wasted. Don't let people waste your life in foolishness. And see, that's like why we have so many people who are especially the widows and the poor, and they hang out in church and they've never been taken care of because they're in the wrong church. See, I don't, I don't like hearing a preacher say, well, look at my house and look at my car, you know, how God has blessed me. Well, who is the least person in your congregation? Who's, who is the person who has the least? Who is the poor person uh, do they have a house and a car? You know, for, for you know, and that's that's an, that's another lie out of the pit of hell. You know, well, you know, you're a preacher. God take care. I know a lot of preachers. God don't take care. Why? They're not in the game. They're not in this house. They're not saved. They don't, or they're in the house, or they don't listen. Like I said, about taking care of widows, orphans, and the poor. Like I said, you know. People in a hospital bed, they don't come by to see and pray for them. See, because the first step, y'all should be taking some notes in this. You know, people should go find you a good Bible-believing church. But it's more its more than that. It says, are they going to teach you what to do if sickness tries to take, take you? Death tries to take you, sin tries to take you. What, what do you do about that? You know, I, I need a job. Is the church multi-purpose church? Well, we just say that's it. Well, Jesus did more than that. When when Jesus sent out the 12 and then the 70, and they came back and said, when you guys went out, did you lack anything? We didn't lack anything more. But people lack. And I mean, Sunday is one of the biggest days of money that is transacted in church buildings, and it never goes to help the people in the church. Isn't that interesting? Is it, well, how do you know? Because the request we get in, the prayer request we get in, can, can you help us in this? And, then, and you come to find other people go to church, and they don't, they don't do that. 
So I said, you, you put your money in a, in a dry hole. You, you put your money in a dry hole. You, you didn't give it to God because God, he got more sense than let you put your money in, in, a, in a dead hole. I remember um, this couple I met from Nigeria, Christians, and they, they were saying, they said, church is there, more no, or less they're on the front line. It's like, pass to get off. They, hey, they stopped giving. So <laughs> they get back in line. They stopped giving. You know, as long as you follow God, hey, we follow you. Like Paul said, you follow me as I follow Christ. I ain't, if somebody ain't following God, hey, don't, don't follow them. But that's my pastor. Go for it. Go for it. Do what you want to do. But you ought to do what God wants you to do. See, what do you want? Do you want what you want or do you want what God says will do it for you? See, we, when you want what you want, you fall into the category of Adam and Eve back in the garden. You're not thinking that you have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. You're thinking you're still thinking the old man. Why? Because God had already told him what to do. We go, no, we don't want to do that. We don't. We don't want to do what you say do. We want to do what we do, and what that's the result. And do the same thing now. See, do you want what you want, or do you want what God says will work for you? I remember hearing a minister, Keith Moore, talking about something he had seen. He said, I don't like that. He said, Lord spoke on the inside of him. He said, well, I like that. He said, well, I like that too. So he changed. He said, I like what God likes, and I hate what God hates. See, and that's one thing Christians are going to have to learn. Well, God so loved the world. God loves people. You being a believer, you got to love people, all kind of people. That's why. Why so much mess is going on? The devil he has a field day that people can't deal with people's skin color. Just a house, different different skin color. That's it. Different paint job. He has a field day in that. Heard man yesterday tell testimony that he was. He ministered the word of God, ministering to people who were millionaires. And he said, from the looks, you would figure these guys, would, when they took up the offering, it was going to be a large offering. And said, he went to minister to 10 people. He got a bigger offering from them 10 people. Than, and they, they were probably poor. From them 10 people, then he got from the millionaires. He said, never judge by your eyesight whose, whose heart is bent towards God. See, that, like I said, I get back to the thing about your own home and this building is so beautiful. And what did Jesus say about that temple? He said, there will not be one stone left upon another. Ah, and the temple was beautiful. But because of disobedience, it came down. And see, and your house will come down because of disobedience. You know, not something you do or something you don't do. Is the reason why you need help, is it because you don't help anybody else? You know, you go to a good church, 
pastor preaches a good word, is you know, it's like man, you, you hear people they depressed, Depre- depressed. You don't believe? How can you be depressed? The joy of the Lord is your strength. And I heard this story, testimony, late. She uh, depressed, and the pastor said, "Well, you know, uh, do me a favor. You know, we have the um, program. Make a make us some cookies." She said, "Do you know who I am?" They had some money. And they just humor me. He said, "You know, said, okay, I'll do that." And a couple weeks, you know, he didn't come back to his office. He went down to the the feeding home, and she was serving people. She said, "Oh." I'm not depressed anymore. I don't have a headache anymore. I'm not depressed anymore. She got out of, you know, sitting around doing nothing. Everybody going to cater to her. She had to start working. She had to sew. She had to sew her ability. I remember um, hearing a story and reading, too, about Smith Wigglesworth. If you ever um, have an opportunity to read, about him, take it. Man, mighty used of God. And uh, we, they, this church wanted him to go pray for this one of their people in their church. And uh, when he got to the lady's house, she got a bunch of pillow stuff up there in her, and then she got people running around. So the rape lady was rich. And he said, well, she ain't ready to be prayed for and left. He said, Mr. Wiggle, we'll come back and pray back. And uh he said that night, that woman was the first person in the prayer line. See, Smith Wigglesworth, he wasn't playing that game because she had money. Maybe she dropped a few dollars on me. And he, wasn't, he wasn't playing that game. So that lady, first lady in the prayer line. So, you know, God is not impressed with what he gave you. You got the ability or the inheritance or how, how, you, you, how you got it. You know, he's not impressed. He's impressed with what you do with what you got. So much is given, much is required. You know, and like you know, I was saying yesterday uh, about, you know, the, the rich ruler. It was two stories told. The rich young ruler who came to Jesus, what should I do to inherit eternal life? You know, and he said, you know, go sell what you have, give to the poor and come follow me. And the man went away grieved. And Jesus said, how hard is them to trust in riches enter into the kingdom? The disciples said, well, Lord, we've left all. What about us? You know, they said, you know, he said, there's no man that has left house, mother, brother, kids, wife, children, in your own life for my sake and the gospel shall not receive now. Receive now, this present time, houses, land, and everything, and then eternal life. You know, but the rich young ruler, he had a chance to be on Jesus' team, he didn't take it. And he said he knew the word. And the Bible said, he that gives to the poor lends to the Lord. And he would pray. He lends to the Lord. See, that's what God is, God is, is not cutting you out of the system. He's, he's showing you how to get more. Because just like with Peter and them, Peter, fisherman, greatest catch they ever had in their whole life. It, Peter, James, John, all all their partners and whatnot, they didn't have to fish no more. Jesus, like I said, he took care of them. How come churches don't take care of the people now? Hello? 
Because you think about something, right? Peter comes home, gets his stuff. His wife said, where are you going? Well, I'm, I'm going out with Jesus. We're going to minister. You better get back to that boat. You know, my mother lived and moved in with us now. But see, when, when Peter came with them bags, bags of money, of all the fish that he caught and sold, Never happened in his whole life yet. Yeah, yeah. Honey, go out there and be with Jesus. In fact, Peter's mother-in-law that was sick and got healed. That's how much Jesus was involved in his life to get him from point A to point B. That's how much he was involved in his life. So he'll be involved in your life the same way. One thing I've heard say that the money has not been transferred into the New Testament church's hands. And you think about that, folks. When when uh, the Jews came out of Egypt, they loaded down. You know, like they had back taxes and all this kind of stuff. But the people who, like 400 years, you know, they, they didn't get none of that, but them people they left got that. And every time they, they conquered land, they got their land back, that God has to give them. See, that's the same thing that's going on now. See, people talk, they try to divide the land of Israel. That's God's land he gave to the Jews. He gave it to them. In fact, they don't even, not, they don't even possess all the land that God gave them. Yeah, that's, that's another sermon. And people talk, ah, I mean, it, you know, just from, just from a logical, common sense standpoint, you know, one one group of Jews, all the Arabs around them, and why don't they tell them, pounds they will come and come with us. Man, forget them guys, you know. We don't have nothing to do with them. Come on, live with, you know, come on, live, live with us. We got all this land here. You can't see how much land they don't want them there. They don't care nothing about them Palestinians. It's just a buffer against Israel. That's it. Trading blood for land. Seen on the news the other day, was hurling rocks. You know, how come them kids ain't in school? Ain't teaching them how to throw rocks? Well, you know, it don't make sense. That's another sermon. And to that, find a need and meet it. See, it's no sense. Well, okay, well, uh, go to the next man dealing with the poor. We're talking about the poor. Poor need help. Nine, ten times poor ain't getting help. Is Lazarus the beggar and the rich man? They, they, they laid him at the gate that he desired to eat the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. He, he didn't want, you know, he didn't want the bread, he just wanted the crumbs. And the guy had no compassion. See, and for a lot of times people look at that through what's going on now. You got to look at it from a Jewish standpoint because that is a commandment of God to take care of the poor. It's not a situation where how do you get in that predicament? Well, you shouldn't have done that. See, and that's the heart of God. Because from the beginning, you go like I say, go back to the first three chapters of Genesis. We'll, we'll straighten your your theology out on this. 
God did not tell, say to Adam and Eve, oh, you guys, y'all got into it, now get yourselves out. In fact, they didn't go crying to God. They're hiding from him. I'm looking for them. And still, still now, he's looking for you. See, and I wasn't looking for him, didn't know how to get to him. You taught a lot about the religion and all that kind of stuff, but not about, hey, I can obtain my inheritance. Of provision of taking care of the poor, of getting people out of the church. That's the thing about the Jubilee. You know, Jubilee. Remember, we were talking yesterday about, you know, there's a church organization, they got a Jubilee loan. There's no such thing. Not biblically speaking, but there's something they can come up on their own. There's no such thing as a jubilee loan. Jubilee means you get set free of debt. Your debt gets canceled. You know, like salvation, it gets canceled. You know, it's a type of salvation. You you got a debt, your debt of sin, Jesus takes care of it. It's wiped out. It don't exist. Like you, you don't exist. Because for them, everybody had an inheritance. But it wasn't about working, but, you know, you work and upscale, all this kind of different things, and people got indebted. So, got, you know, they wiped that out. Man, wouldn't it be nice that that happened all over the world, they just wiped that out? That is a, a nasty tool master. And you know, the, the beggar, last he wouldn't eat from the rich man, come to himself from the rich man's table. And to Lazarus died and was taken by the angels to Abraham's bosom. Rich man died, he was buried. He opened his eyes, he was in hell. And he seen Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. Is your father Abraham? Send Lazarus over that he may dip his finger in the water and cool my man, I'm being tormented. You know. He seen Lazarus being comforted. And Abraham turns to now, seeing your life, you had, you had it good. And, and, and he had it bad. Now, now, now it's flipped. And besides, there's a gulf fixed that, you know, he don't want to come over there and you definitely ain't getting over here. And he said, well, you know, send him back to my father's house. I got five brothers. Tell them, warn them about this place. You know, he, he didn't say, well, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. My brothers will never end up there. They know, they know God. They ain't say that. My father, he ain't say that. That was one. Two, he sent him back. You know, he still think he's in charge. Send him back. You know, you know, he said, no. They got Moses and the prophets. He said, no, they, they won't listen to them. They'll listen to somebody raised from there. He said, no. They won't listen to them. They won't listen to somebody who's raised from the dead. He's talking about Jesus. He's raised from the dead. And see, we talk about Jesus being, I don't believe that. You know, I don't believe that. So like I said, Jesus says, if they believe my words, they'll believe yours. See, if you, if you believe my words, you'll believe Jesus' word. If you don't believe my words, you can believe Jesus' word. Why? Because my words are his word. I'm reading you out of his book. I didn't write this. Now, see, you know, his father's messed up, his brother, he messed up, his brothers are messed up. 
He didn't even say, well, thank God my father ain't coming here. And my brother, no, nah, he couldn't say that. Warn him about this because they were doing the same thing. They had no regard for poor people. Then we have a man named Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector. He was rich. He, he ripping people off. And said, you know, you know, he's short. And Jesus has him. He said, you know, Zacchaeus, I got to be at your house today. And he receives him daily. And said, he goes to a man's house who is a sinner. I mean, they, when they put that word sinner on you, you was in trouble. You was worse than dirt. Actually, dirt very good. You 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 worse than anything. And and he and he, he start you know he says well you know if I ripped anybody off you know I'm gonna give them back fourfold. So, you know that's in the law. You know you you steal something you, you know you don't just give the person back what you stole you got redemption. It's interest tacked on. And Jesus said you know salvation has come to his house. See he didn't have to say anything about Zacchaeus as much Zacchaeus knew what to do with it. He, he was generous. And like folks, any place you look in the Bible, so many different stories come to mind that you look in the Bible, and where somebody's off, they go against what is written. Uh, Ahab comes to mind, and he wanted this man's vineyard. He said, well, you know, I want to buy your vineyard. He said, no, I can't. You know, this is my inheritance. I can't sell it to you. You know, well, I'll give you something better. No, this is my, you know, you got all these vineyards. Why do you want mine? So he goes back home. He pouting. And Jezebel, his grace, his wife, said, honey, what's wrong with you? Man, he won't tell me his his, his vineyard. See, aren't you the king? I'll take care of it, honey. Don't worry about it. So she had a party set up for this man and said, okay, when he gets here, you say, and he didn't blaspheme God and the king. So they took him out and stoned him. So she went and told Ahab, well, you know, go take his his vineyard, you know. And and Ahab goes down there. He hoops and hollers, ah, I got that vineyard anyway. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And, uh, you know, he didn't say that. And the prophet came to him, you know, said, you know, you did this stuff, boy. Man, judgment's going to fall on me. And uh, he, you know, he falls down and repents. And Lord tells, see, Ahab, he said, this won't happen in his time, but it will happen in his son's time. A man that was as wicked as Ahab, when he repented, God took away the judgment that was going to fall on him. And if his son had acted right, it wouldn't have fell on him either. You know, and see, folks, that's it. God is not willing for any to perish, but all the time to repent. You got to change your mind. You're going the wrong way. You got to change your mind. You have to. God is not going to change your mind for you. He's not going to do that. You know, you've got free will. And there is a consequence for your actions. And see, that's that's the thing nobody wants to talk about, is is the consequences of our actions. Why? Because somebody's got to pay. 
And, you know, in everyday life, that's where things go. If you have an accident in your car, uh, um, that's why you got insurance, right? Well, you know, we, we've got great insurance. The blood of Jesus. It wipes away all our sins. Amen? It wipes away all our sins. But see, if you don't have an account so you ain't saved, you can't use that option. Great fire insurance, too. You know? Great fire insurance. Don't have to worry about being burned up. You know, like that, that rich man down there when he was talking about Lazarus, you know, great fire insurance. Why? Because God makes provision. But it's a, a decision of our will. See, God is not going to make you do it. You know? Because people say, well, if, how come God just don't make people do this? Well, how come he don't make you do stuff? How come he don't make you treat your husband right? How come he don't make you treat your wife right? See, people well, God, well, God, do something in the middle of why he stopped that mess. Well, how come he don't stop your mess? How come he didn't stop you going to that hotel to be with that man that wasn't your husband? It's interesting. People want God to intervene in stuff that's painful, but, you know, the thing, they think it's not painful. They don't know, oh, God, I'm, I'm doing my thing. But doing your thing and doing God's thing is, is a consequence. But doing God's thing is a good consequence, the right consequence. Doing your thing is not. You know, it's like uh, a young couple, they ain't married, they fooling around. Christians in church, love the Lord. The girl gets pregnant. She comes in, you know, he comes in. No, Pastor, we messed up. Well, God forgive us. Yes, God forgive us. God loves you. There's no condemnation. Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. But there's a consequence to your actions. It's called a baby. Now, you can, you can, you can have, there's one consequence to that, or if you think about getting rid of the child, it's the worst consequence for that. See, when you do things God's way, things work out right. But see, there's still a consequence. There is still a consequence. The consequence with God is that you can you want it to happen. The consequence that you don't want it to happen. How many people out there, you know, you, you regret stuff? I remember being a kid. It's like, you know, you oh, my God, get me out of this. You know, I'll never do it again. Liar. You know? And then why you did because that's what everybody told you to do. You know, you you do that. And nobody, then nobody told you about the consequences of doing it. You know, in a sense, they they told you about it. Like you said, don't get in, don't get in the cookie jar. You're gonna get a whipping. You know, you weighed the options: cookie, whipping. I tell you a story of myself. The last whipping I got from my mom. I was in 
eighth grade, and it had snowed, and it rained on top of snow, and wool, and it packed me like ice man. A sled would move. We were going to farm, and uh, just something my mother never told me. All the time. You fall in that creek, I'm with behind parts. Never, never. I'm making jumps all over the farm, jumping all over the place, and I'm in sled moving fast. So I'm going to play a wily e. coyote. I'm going to make a jump. I'm going to jump over the creek. Why, I don't know to this day. You know what I'm saying? I said, there's no problem with this, the momentum move. Just carry me right over the creek. The way I have, you know, the creek, I gauge it out, measure it out, everything's cool, right? One thing I overlooked, I did not check the, the ice hardness right at the end of the creek. When I go down the hill, whew, I'm fine. Get down to the, to the ice, it cracks, it slows the sled up. The sled goes over the jump and go straight down into the water. And water is running under the sled, it's running over the sled, and I'm sitting on the sled. And I can hear my mother saying what she was going to do. And I'm cold, and my matches are wet, can't start a fire, try to sneak in the house. That didn't work, and the rest is history. The pants dried off fast. Is it was a consequence of me wanting to go over that creek. Life is full of consequences, but you want God's consequence. You want the ones that God says will work for you. It's like it says, taking care of people, helping people. Don't be hanging out in churches and ministries that ain't for you. Only thing they want to use you and take what you've got. Because, like I said, there's a lot of folks. And see, folks, and you, you, you may be 60, 70, 80 years old, and you have spent your whole life in a church that didn't take care of you and stuff like that, and said, what is this for me? For you, there are churches that will still love you, will still take care and still watch over you in Jesus' name. It ain't too late. God has more than what you have put into the pot. For you, that's your name's on it. Hallelujah. We ain't, we ain't talking about what you work for in your job, your inheritance, social security, all that kind of stuff. Your inheritance is being a believer. Jesus was made poor that you might have be rich financially, not spiritually. He was um, Abraham's blessings were was 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 uh, spiritual. Couldn't have been. He, he was an unsaved man. He wasn't. Abraham was not a born-again man. The Bible called him a friend of God. You're a child of the living God. The Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. Abraham couldn't say that. David couldn't say that. Solomon couldn't say that. All the people, the people, oh, man, man, they did a lot. Moses couldn't say that. They were servants of God. You are a child of the living God if you make Jesus the Lord of your life. Hallelujah. You are a child of the Most High God. He has an inheritance for you. Amen? Now, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, like to be born again, 
receive God's free gift of salvation today. Pray this prayer with us. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. The Bible says, if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe my heart that you raised him from the dead, I will be saved. I confess you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior, and I believe in my heart you were raised from the dead. Thank you for saving me this day. Amen. Now, if you said that prayer, drop a little note off to Eagles of Prayer Ministries, P.O. Box 3024, Gaithersburg, Maryland, 20885. We'll send you out some free study material to help you a newfound faith in Christ, sending in prayer requests, comments, questions. Especially, like I said, you are dealing with your health, finances, you didn't get no help from no churches, you know, or you know somebody that's like that in that predicament, hey, write to us and let us know. See, God is in the business of delivering people. He makes provision. But you want to be delivered. You want you want to be delivered. You are you tired of being sick and tired? I hear somebody say, you know, where, where do you get that prayer from? Uh, Romans ten. Eight, nine, verse 8, 9, and 10. And in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That's him, faith in God. You have faith in whatever you listen to. The only thing with God, he won't let you down where so many other things will let you down. Like sports teams, you know, politicians, that kind of stuff. Yeah, God won't let you down. He won't fade out. So he'll never leave you or forsake you. So like I said, here's a good one as we go. You ever been in a meeting and somebody says, Lord, go as, as, as we leave this place? He, that's contrary to Scripture. He always said, I never leave you or forsake you. Why are you asking him to go with you? All little teeny things, folks, will mess your life up. Amen? Well, God bless you. Have a great night. And, folks, we'll be uh, 5.30 today. We'll be on Blog Talk Radio, 805-285-9792 at, at 5.30 today. You want to join in on the call, give testimony, let know what God is doing in your life. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. And remember, Jesus Christ is Lord. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.